All right, welcome back to the Montana Men Sports Podcast. And we're just gonna kind of get right into it. We have a very, very sad bear tycoon with me today. How are you doing, bud? Very sad, man. It's uh, it's a long Sundays, Mondays just seem a lot longer when the Grizz lose a game. Uh, when they lose a game, they're supposed to win. Uh, I think they were like 18 and a half point favorites um yeah, and maybe maybe we just get right into right into the right into the recap of the game yeah so I want, it's kind of like this yeah it's kind of like you know you eat the frog first thing because the rest of your day will be better if that's the worst thing you have to do all day is eat that frog first thing we're gonna let you eat that frog and we're gonna let you talk about this shocker in washington grizzly stadium over the weekend so hot take nate following the game <laughs> Grizz coach Bobby Houck said, you get presented opportunities in games to either do or don't. And on Saturday, the Montana Grizz aggressively chose option number two. It was just a weird game from the start. Sac State opened on a 75-yard touchdown drive. Looked very, very efficient. Um, and to make it worse, they actually scored two touchdowns. Sac State's uh, quarterback Jake Dunaway hit Jared Gibson for a long touchdown. Gut punch number one. Refs call it back because he, because Gibson stepped out uh, about the one yard line, uh, but it didn't matter. Two plays later, they get another touchdown. So on one drive, two touchdowns, double gut punch. Not great from a Grizz perspective. Uh, to uh, kind of foreshadow things to come, the Grizz first drive ended with Chris Brown getting sacked. Uh, if you look at the box score, it says he was sacked four times during the game, but it felt more like 85 times during the game. Uh, constantly, he was scrambling because of pressure, because maybe he's not comfortable in the in the pocket. Um, but I think the best way to sum up Grizz quarterback play from this weekend was chaotic. Uh, Montana got inside the Hornets' 10-yard line in the second quarter, but had to settle for a field goal. They picked off Dunaway on Sac State's next drive, but they couldn't capitalize on it. On the next possession, Sac State went 78 yards. QB2, number one, Asher O'Hara ran it in for a two-yard touchdown. Uh, the Grizz had a nice drive to end, end the half, 61 yards. There was about a minute on the clock. Got a field goal, got it within a touchdown, 14-6. Um, you know, going into halftime, down one score, felt like we had some momentum, had some juice. Then, again, just an absolute gut punch. Uh, on the second play of the third quarter, Chris Brown fumbled on a sack, gave Sac State the ball on the Grizz 26. A couple plays later, they were up 21-6. And this was one of those things where I was like, I knew halftime was about to end. I ran, I knew the Grizz were receiving the ball. I ran, got myself a snack, got myself a drink, sat down to watch the half, the, the beginning of the second half, and Sac State was going into the end zone. I couldn't believe what was happening. I had to rewind it. Uh, to figure out what had just happened. Thank you, ESPN Plus, for the ability ability to rewind while watching it. Um, it was it was, uh, uh, it was quick. It was it was quick. It was quick, and it was it was very sad. Um, Chris Brown put in two touchdowns uh, in the third quarter, tied up 21-21. Uh, had a nice two point conversion to close the gap there. But even when the game was tied, it just seemed like. This was not going to go the Grizz way. Sac State put together another very nice, very long drive towards the end of the third quarter, and that would be enough. Um, there was a muff punt by Sac State, gave the ball, uh, uh, the Grizz the ball, and the Hornets 16, uh, and Chris Brown immediately threw an interception. Um, one last drive for the Grizz. It seemed, yeah, they, they got one first down. 
seemed like maybe they could they could squeeze out uh, another another touchdown to tie this thing up. But then third down, Chris Brown sack. Fourth down, Chris Brown sack. Ball didn't even leave his hands. Um, didn't even give this team the chance. It was it was uh, it was a rough one. It was a rough one. Um, and make matters worse, they were. <laughs> They were honoring the 2001 national team. Yeah, um, I'm sure when they chose the game, they looked, saw that Sac State had never won in Missoula. Um, they've now won in Missoula. It was it was not a good not a good game. I am not, um, uh, despite the music being played at the beginning of this. I am not in sky is falling mode. It's a bad game. The Grizz can turn this thing around. They yeah, I think they can lose one more and make the playoffs. And looking at their schedule. Um, you know, I don't, I, I, I think that the only game that they may not be favored by more than 10 points is, is Cat Grizz. Um, but not a lot of confidence based on where we were a couple weeks ago. Yeah. It's, uh, it, the sky's not falling. And I know that you're not one of those fans that thinks the sky's falling. We have plenty of, uh, you know, friends that are fans that do believe the sky is falling in Missoula. Um, but there has been a, a little bit of fall from grace from where they were when they started off this season beating Washington in Seattle. Everybody was talking about Grizz being Frisco or bust. Every single person I talked to was saying it's <laughs> basically a done deal. That they will be playing. You know, give them the Frisco. national championship right give, then. Give them it now. And you know, we had people who are doing rankings and seedings, and they were basically saying that you know it was going to be a semifinal matchup between Eastern Washington and the Grizz. After that classic they played on ESPN earlier in the season. And then this happened. And from the beginning, it just... The Grizz didn't look like anything was going to go their way. Like, there wasn't one yes. moment when I was watching this game that I was like, okay, here's that momentum. The only time I thought it was going to... Well, there's two times when I thought it was going to happen. Before half of they get a touchdown there, like they've been doing all season long, it was kind of that Grizz MO in four, three or four games this year where they're... Not clicking on all cylinders. They get that touchdown before the half. They get the ball. They score. Like, and then all of a sudden, it's just a 14-point swing that quick. When they kicked that field goal before half, I was like, okay, that's huge if you're going against the Grizz. Because that was one big thing. And then, obviously, the interception – I'm sorry, the muffed punt by Sac State, that's when I thought this game is the Grizz's game. Like, that is yep. going to be the bounce that goes their way. It's, it's – they got it now. Sac State was up 28-21 when that happened. The Grizz were going to tie the game up 28 Momentum was going to be on their size. Washington Grizzly was going to be rocking. It was going to be really yep. hard for Sac State to kind of get their composure and come back there. And then one play, interception at the goal line, and that is that is when I knew as a Cat fan and as someone who does admittedly cheer against the Grizz every chance I get, that is when I started mm-hmm. celebrating. That's when I texted you uh, that the Grizz still had a chance. I texted you that they were probably going to win by 10. Yep, no, they I didn't. appreciate that. So I'm 2-0 on that. Uh or 0-2, I guess, if you look at it that way. But that interception was the absolute game-changer here. Just a horrible decision by Brownie. Under brutal. That receiver by three yards, four yards probably. Yeah, and brutal. that, that brutal, right there brutal, was... Brutal. They could have ended the game right there, and every single person watching the game or in Washington Grizzly would have been like, okay, that makes sense that we just ended the game there. Because this one was over. 28-21, they had a chance to tie it. This game was over on that interception from Chris Brown. That was just absolutely brutal. It was brutal, man. I mean, it's uh, there's no other way other way to say it. If you listen to last week's episode, um, which I recommend everyone does, I list once we record an episode, put it out. I listen to it on repeat for the rest of the week, as you know. Um, I yeah. made this case for Sac State that you know this is the defending champs. 
these guys in our last full season, we could have had the same narrative about them, you know, kind of middle of the pack. No one suspects anything. You look at their record overall. They didn't have any convincing wins, right? They squeaked by Dixie state squeaked by Idaho state. They beat pretty big. The really, 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 really shitty Southern Utah team. Um, Uh And then a couple, like there's just nothing that stood out. Like these guys are awesome, but, all that matters is your record. All that matters is a win. I think yeah. we get too wrapped up in like meeting expectations, big wins, blowing folks out. A win's a win. Sac State is now four and two on the year, and they now have a signature win. Um, it just and they it's, have a signature schedule <laughs> and a unbelievable schedule. NAU, Northern Colorado, Cal Poly, Portland State, and then UC Davis. I mean, they're gonna win the. They're winning a share of the conference again this year. It's unbelievable, yeah. but they're winning. Yep. There's like no way they don't. Like there's honestly just no way. I'm calling it now. Yeah. Sac State is going to get a of championship course. ring. It's it's a done deal. So you think they too, run the table, or do you real, think they? Do. So you think well, they beat? They you think they beat Davis? I mean, that's the only game that could be that could trip them up. And I think you have Davis to assume that Eastern's going yeah. undefeated, right? Well, no, because they play the Cats. But uh, <laughs> so it's, Davis would be the game Maybe. that trips them up. But then there will be four teams with one loss, and then you know, yeah, um, we all get a share. But uh, yeah, I think you were right. Like you and I were. I, I mean, not you and I. I was very much underestimating Sac State. No Kevin Thompson. Yep. Some super boring wins. Almost lost yep. to Idaho State. Didn't really beat Dixie the way you should beat Dixie. I looked at this game. I was like, I, I on. I would have bet Grizz. I did not bet in this game, but I would have bet Grizz 14 and a half ish points to yeah. cover that spread because I thought the Grizz were that much better than Sac State. But that two quarterback system up there, that, that, yes. that made some, that's made for some tough defense for the Grizz because, you know, one, I didn't know Je- uh, Jake Dunaway had that good of hair. Like that was some flow. Oh, yeah. You look at the name yeah. Jake Dunaway and that's just boring. Yeah. It's like Dennis yep. Morton or whatever it is. I think that's a Pelican Mr. Vanilla. Structure. Dennis yeah. Merritt. Especially with all the great years. names in the Big Sky Conference. Astro Hare is a great name. Yeah. Astro Hare is a great Dunaway, name. Dunaway, though. Junior Bergen is a great name. Yeah. Then you have Jake Dunaway, and I was like, this dude has to be so boring. You know Kevin Thompson kind of just had like wide deer eyes and was kind of weird looking and boring? Yeah, yeah. He was really good at quarterback. That's yeah. not Jake Dunaway. Jake Dunaway has some serious flow, and... I'm starting to realize that I like almost every single quarterback in the Big Sky Conference. I texted yeah, you. I think too. we'll get to him. We I love the NAU quarterback. We'll get to him. But after oh, I yeah. watch this game, I now have two more favorites in the Northern California area, and it's Jake Dunaway and Asher O'Hara. Asher O'Hara is yeah. a baller. That dude can run. I see why he was an exciting pickup for Sac State when they got him yep. from – did I say Memphis? Was it Memphis? Conference USA over there in the East. One of them. Yeah. I think it was Memphis. But either way, he is an exciting player. That was really fun to watch. I also got a lot more confident, like some confidence in me for Cat Grizz. I know we're still like five weeks away from there, but I got a lot more confidence from Cat Grizz seeing how Sacramento State was able to rush on the Grizz 154 yards. And they were able, I mean, Jake Dunaway still had 227 through the air and three touchdowns. That did give me a little bit of confidence for the Cat Grizz game, knowing that the Cat's calling card is running and they've been able to run on the Grizz for the last four years that they've played. And so this game was awesome for me on Multiple levels. One, the Grizz are one and two in conference play. Puts them down uh, along the likes of Northern Colorado, along the likes of Idaho, Weber State. I mean, 
the basement dwellers right now, besides Cal Poly and Southern Utah, are the Montana Grizzlies. So that gave uh-huh. me a lot of glee. And, well, and, all, and as you know, joy, standing, think, conference standings joy. after three games means a lot. Um, well, you know, the best thing about it is you can take screenshots and you can <laughs> do whatever you want with it out of context. And then my second thing was just that confidence I gained for Cat Grizz, uh, seeing that maybe the Cat's strong points are going to go right into where the Grizz weaknesses were, at least this week. Again, um, just a crazy loss. Like, I just didn't see it coming. I was crazy excited loss. about it, obviously, yeah. but didn't, would never have predicted this one. Yeah, no, no, I mean, I set the table that this could happen. I wouldn't be shocked if it happened, but I was obviously surprised that it happened. Um, yeah. I had a Grizz money line. It was your and, hedge. It was your hedge. A, it wasn't even a hedge. Like I, I, I've been more. I've been higher on Sac State than than most this the, year. But me, I thought sure. the I thought the Grizz would would not have major issues. Um, I so was... I will say surprised. I also would like to say um, we others have made fun of two quarterback systems. Um, yeah, I mean, there's a famous saying to. If you have two quarterbacks, you have no quarterbacks, right? No starting quarterbacks. Like it's you don't you want to have one leader, you don't want two leaders. I, it seemed like this worked. Like is this just yeah. something like is that just a saying was, that exists and like we pretend that it's 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 gospel, but like I see like they that seemed like a pretty efficient system. Like so it, I could see why you do you this. Know, yeah, and it kind of went back. The two that we thought of were uh, Drew Brees, and then when I said it, I said the Mormon guy, but it was Taysom Hill. Who is? Yeah, he went to BYU, so I'm assuming he is. Um, yeah, that was a two quarterback system that works. Worked. RIP Drew Brees. And then the second one was it was Tebow, and I had to look up who the second quarterback was. Chris Leak. So it's Tebow yeah. and Chris Leak when they won the championship when they had like Aaron Hernandez and all those crazy guys on their team. Uh, that one worked. But that's about all I can think about. Uh, it's a if short anybody list. Out there is listening to this and can think of some other good two quarterback systems, please tweet at us um, because we would love to know which ones we missed because we only could think of Breeze and Hill and Leak and Tebow that actually worked in those levels of football. Um, but yeah, it was it was surprising. But Sac State, I called them, I think it was two or three episodes ago uh, of this podcast that I called them pretenders. I said they're done. Yeah. I think it might have been after the Idaho State game uh, where they only won by two against Idaho State, who's just a shitty team now that we've seen. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. caught lightning in a bottle twice. Well, I said they were pretenders. I said they were done, and I could not have been farther. I couldn't have been more wrong, and more happy for them to prove me wrong. Yeah. So I will say I, I'm very happy that you're happy, Nate. Um, Thank you. That, that means a lot. I will say so. All year I've had this three tier system for the Big Sky, with the top five teams being the two Montana schools: Eastern, Weber, UC Davis. I had Sac State in its own tier kind of in this middle ground and then everyone else is in the lower tier. Everyone else stinks. Right. And so Mm -hmm. I, especially given all the injuries the Grizz have had the, like, and the fact that I, I viewed Sac state as not a bottom tier team. Like I don't take this away as like an awful loss. It sucks that this followed a loss to Eastern Washington. So you start out pretty early on in the conference uh, with two losses, um, but this isn't, I'm not, I'm not shocked by this. I don't think it's a, I don't think it's a bad loss. I think at the end of the year, looking back on it, it's not going to be that bad of a loss. And I honestly don't know if the Grizz were healthy and injuries are part of it. So it's not an excuse, but if the Grizz were healthy, I think I still might maintain that tier system. I think the Grizz would have won the game if they were healthy. And I think Sac State would still be good enough to be considered not a bad loss if they beat you. Um, 
But I yeah. will. The last thing I'd want to say is, you know, we've gone 15 minutes on this, 15 minutes more than I wanted to talk going. on we it. Can, we can do um, 45 on this if you'd like. Check out uh, our friends over at the Grizz Fan Podcast, part of the Montana Mint Sports Podcast Network. Montana Mint Podcast Network, I should say, and the Big Sky Podcast Network. Those guys did three hours on, three hour the, Grizz, on the Grizz game. Uh, Coulter from Skyline Sports was on. It's a really good episode. You might want to listen to it on 1.5, two times speed, just to uh, make it just a little more manageable. Very, very it's like legit. That. It's over three hours. I didn't know we it had is. that like, ability. That's a real... Um, um, but it's, I don't know uh, if we can host that on our site still. Like we might be on the Montana website. We might have to get some donations to keep the <laughs> bandwidth up or whatever you do on the network. The Montana Mint's website is just crashing based on the size of the file. There's there's calls. It's not over because a lot of people are listening. It's because it's so big of a yeah. file. There's there they they had a they definitely had a a meeting at the Podbean uh, corporate offices today. Like guys, someone just wanted a three hour episode. I think they left three their hour, recorder running. Three-hour episode. Well, what was it about? The the economy? The the Dallas Cowboys? No, it's some Brexit? FCS program Britain? in Montana. <laughs> <laughs> like, is this this thing? They just someone just accidentally left their recorder on. They're like, nope, it was just some guys making excuses for the Grizz. Yeah. That's all. It was. You know. So you so made I a good think point, it's not like it's not skies. Well, you know, we're not yet. No. Okay. Uh, you make a good I'm point that the sky's not falling. I had a friend text me and say, this is an embarrassing loss. So you have a, a Grizz friend say, that's an embarrassing yeah. loss. And I said, it's not. It's not because Sac State has more conference rings in the last decade. Yeah, fair point. Than the Grizz do. You can't call this an embarrassing loss. It's, it's, a, it's a bummer regarding, like, if you put it in relation to the expectations going into the game or into the season or after that first game. It's not an embarrassing loss because Sac State has a ring in the last 10 years. The Grizz yep. do not. And it's just not an embarrassing, it's not an embarrassing loss, like you said. It's a bummer. It's a disappointment for Grizz It's a fans, bummer. But it's not an embarrassing loss. This is it's not a Portland State two or three years ago, whenever that was. Exactly. Great point. Not Portland State. Yeah. It's not Cal Poly right after the NDSU win. It is. Yep. It sucks. It's a bummer. But defending conference champs. Yeah, they're and the defending it, conference champs. And we thought that they were down. And they weren't. They're not. Yeah. Unless this is yeah. a flat, unless this is another. I mean, we'll see the rest of the season how this plays out. But right now, if you're looking at it, Sac State's going to be one, two in the conference, depending on how the rest of Eastern's games go. As long as Sac yeah. State takes care of business, and even if they lose that Davis game, they still have a shot. So, not an embarrassing loss, just considering the recent history of that program and what they've done in the Big Sky. So surprising. Yeah. Yes. Embarrassing. No. Like you said, it was the first time they've ever won in Missoula, so that probably adds to it. They were 0-12 all time at Washington Grizzly Stadium. I have a buddy uh, who played for Sac State. He was 0-2 there. That was when we still played a balanced schedule when he went there. He was 0-2 in Missoula and uh, never won one. So he was pretty happy this weekend when I was talking to him, finally getting a Hornet dub uh, at Washington Grizzly. So surprising, disappointing, not embarrassing. Yes, and so not only did I kind of lay the table for this game, but in in when we talked about I'm forcing us to move on before we hit the 20-minute mark, when we were talking about the Montana-Weber State game last week. Montana State. Montana State. What did I – oh, yeah, Montana State-Weber State game. <laughs> I predicted the score exactly, you Nate. You know, you forgot, though. 
you forgot that you did, and I went my back dad, and listened. Who's our number one number one listener? And he'll yeah. be listening to this on his morning walk. Uh, he was the one that pointed out that that Bear Tycoon called it to the point. Yeah, uh, he goes. I know that he was kind of bullshitting and trying to do that whole jinxy thing that he's no, trying to no, do. no, 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 no. That's well, not my just stuff. reporting what my dad said, and he yep. uh, he was impressed. Your dad sounds like right, a real he, jerk if that's what he. But he knows what you were doing. He knows exactly uh-huh. what you were doing. It didn't work. So don't come over here and try and you know you know say that this was a calculated okay. score. We know what you were doing. You were trying to do the. I said the Cavs were going to win, and they won now. by the exact score that I predicted. And so I would just like to, I'd like to make two announcements wow. for the Montana Mint Sports Hall of Fame. Um, we're going to uh, first year, this is the first year we're doing this inaugural class. Your dad is being um, inaugurated for being our number one fan. Thank you very much, Mr. Moore. That. I hope you're enjoying your walk. And we're also um, inaugural class putting in my take. 13-7 cats over Weber State. It was dead on. We- That's going in. Um, that is, that is, uh, Jerry, please mark these down at the end of the year. Can we'll we do put, a ceremony. Anyone who's been in, can, uh, can we put my uncle in too? Cause he reported that injury from Egris for the Grizz running. Oh yeah. <laughs> yep. 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 Cool. We'll, we'll do the right. whole Moore family. Yeah. 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 So we got, we got my dad in there. We got my uncle in there. We have you in there for this. So yeah, you're uh, not in class looking strong. He's going to be looking for yeah. his jacket that I'm streaming that we'll get out from the mid store very soon. Yep. You're not in yet, but you got, there's a few weeks left. So there's a couple of weeks um, left. Yeah, so let's talk about this game. It was great outcome, stinker to watch. But let me turn it oh, over to you, brutal. Nate. Yeah, yeah, well, it's probably it's probably safe to say that Weber is not going to win a conference championship this year. <laughs> yep. Uh, I don't. I do not feel bad for Weber at all. But in the last three or four games, they've taken on James Madison. Cal, I put Cal Poly in my notes. They did take on Cal Poly, but that was not a hard game. They took on James yeah. Madison, UC Davis, and then last Friday they welcomed MSU to Ogden on ESPNU. The U. After the nationally televised ESPN sex, whoa, success of uh, UM in Eastern Washington, yeah, in a crazy shootout on the Inferno, MSU and Weaver tried decided to kind of slow it down and turn it into a nice little punt fest. Uh huh. Mm-hmm. Weaver came out on their first drive and looked rested after that bye week, going 97 yards in 10 plays. Did you see that opening kickoff? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, just right off the dude's chest. It like looked like he wasn't even trying to catch it. Just off of his, right off of his chest, out of bounds of the three. I was like, here we go. That's what we needed. Well, ninety-seven yards and ten plays later, it was seven nothing. Uh, Weber and the Cats looked, you know, they kind of looked like uh, Luke over on the Grizz Fan Podcast was saying overrated, talking about the week schedule. Who's overrated now, Luke? Um, <laughs> they, but I, sorry. Luke just got he my, really? he got me, he got me on that one. I was mad when he said the cats were overrated. And then the Grizzlies, yeah. I just love every second of it. So I just lost my place on my notes. I'm all. I just like just, when you crack yourself up. That's one of the <laughs> best parts of the pod. Well, <laughs> I looked right at my one of your little jokes and it I looked right at my microphone and said it like Luke's face was on my microphone, like I was saying <laughs> it right to his face. But there's nobody here but me. Um, so okay, so they took a seven nothing lead, Barrington. Seven nothing, ninety seven yeah. play drive. 97-yard drive. 97-play would be really impressive. They got on the board. It was 7-0 Weaver. I was a little bit nervous. Yes. After trading punts, like that's going to be a common theme, obviously. MSU got on the board with a QB sneak. Touchdown from Matt McKay on 4th and 1 from the Weaver goal line. Tied it up 7-7 at the end of the first. But that, sadly, if you are a fan of offensive football or off the offense doing well in football... Because you could call it offensive, yes. I guess, at some point. It was offensive football. Uh, it yeah. was not offensive football. That word yes. works both ways. I think that's a simile. 
we're using it correctly. It was offensive. It wasn't offensive. Correct. It's kind of I was offended. The, I was offended. At times I was too, to be honest with yes. you. Yes. So that would end the offensive show. Yes, and it good. Sometimes became offensive. I had to like really over exaggerate that to try and make it the difference. Yeah, you nailed it. I think Could everyone so, I think everyone's following. Yes. So a turnover on downs by Weber and then four consecutive punts by the two offenses ended the first half. That was that was so boring. And then left everybody wondering if both offensive coordinators had big money on the under. Shout out Montana Parlay bringing everything back to betting. Yeah. I'll throw you I'll throw you a bone here. Montana State turned defense into offense in the third quarter with two Blake Glessner field goals off of Weber State fumbles to give MSU a 13-7 lead. Shout out, by the way, to Blake Glessner, easily the best kicker in the Big Sky Conference right now, and he won Big Sky Special Teams Player of the Week for his efforts. So great job to Blake Glessner. But that dude is automatic. Knock on wood. Yeah. After the final field goal, the teams combined, and you'll love this if you love defense, three turnovers on downs. Eight punts mm-hmm. and exactly zero points to give MSU their first win over Weber State since the Rob Ash era at Montana State. It I is mean, it the biggest the biggest non playoff non Grizz win that I can remember for the Bobcats since cats. we started up Montana Men's Sports. Right? Oh, like, I mean, Grizz. Sorry, I get what you're saying now. Non Grizz. Yeah, yeah, no, like Cat Grizz okay. bigger playoff wins bigger unquestionably, yeah, yeah, but. Every year during the Choate era, and even before Choate, it always just seemed like a very weak regular season that was then saved by the Kakaris at the end of it. Now, I'm not going to disagree with you. They, you know, Choate never beat Weaver, never beat Eastern Washington, obviously beat the Grizz four times, and that's what you were saying is playoff wins were huge, the four Cat Grizz wins were massive, but there was never anything else filling those in, like a signature win for the Cats. And the sad part, uh, you know, Weaver's out of the top 25 now, They've been beaten by the three teams I mentioned before, James Madison, UC Davis, and us. Uh, Like, I'm still going to call this a signature win. Yeah. But there's a little bit of a tinge of, like, the Grizz over Washington win where maybe Washington – I mean, Washington (laughs) definitely wasn't number 20 in the country now, obviously. So there's that little bit of, like, cool win, signature win, but can you put that on key wins at the end of the year? This is a legit question, and I don't know the answer to it, but at the end of the year, say Weber State doesn't get back into the top 25, does this count as a ranked win for the Bobcats? Is what matters if the team was ranked at the time or at the end of the year? Because the end of the year is more impressive. I believe it's ranked at the time. It is more impressive at the end of the year, but I believe it's ranked at the time. Which, this is where where preseason rankings do kind of screw you. In, yeah. in the sense that, well, not for the Cats, it was good for Weaver to be ranked so high at the beginning of the year because this was a ranked win, just like Washington being ranked at the beginning of the year was huge for the Grizz, even though that win would have been huge no matter what because it's an FBS win. But yeah. Montana reaps the benefits of having stupid-ass preseason polls here because Weaver State, looking at their body of work, if we started ranking teams after the third week, they would not have been in the top 25. But the Cats yeah. get the top 25 yeah, win yeah. because they were ranked so high to start the year. Uh, they lost games to two top 10 teams at the time in James Madison and UC Davis. So the Cats kind of do reap the benefits of having them still in the top 25 when they caught them. Uh, and it was, a, it was a big win. One stat that I could not get over while watching this game was third down conversions for these two teams. Combined, three for 27 on third downs. Oh, my God. 
Like, there's punts after, yeah. you know, seven play, eight play drives, seven play drives, and then you punt. Uh, you know, five play drives, and you punt, like, you know, you get a first down at first, and you go, you know, whatever it is. These were not happening. These were three and outs constantly. Yeah. And I was very frustrated with the Cats play call. It was Ifonse or Elliott between the tackles. Afonso mm-hmm. and Elliott between the tackles. Matt McKay looking like he was scared out of his mind to throw the ball. Yeah. Incomplete punt. Punt the ball to Weber State and punt the ball to Weber State's 45. Let Weber go three and out. Get the ball back inside the 10. Afonso in between the tackles. Afonso in between the tackles. McKay looking yeah. scared as shit. Almost throwing a pick that would have lost the game. Punt. Like it was just. And I don't know if this was Vegan and uh, I think his name's House right, the offensive corner. I totally blanked on his name. If this was their plan, they're like, Weaver can't move the ball on this baller defense that the Cats have right now. So let's just let our defense win this game and not turn the ball over inside our 30 or what. But it was about as vanilla as you could get. And to come out with that win, I felt a little bit conflicted at the end just in terms of the disappointment in the offense and how, God, just pedestrian that offense looked. But still getting a win over a ranked team and being, you know, four and zero in conference, it was a weird yeah. kind of juxtaposition of joy and a little bit of dread of what maybe to come if, if this was not the game plan, but just how the offense is going to look against a team that's not in the two hundred nineties in Sagarin. Yeah, it's it's uh, uh, it so it's awesome. The game was on ESPNU. It was. Yeah. I think it's a good showing, like, final score matters. Like, it was, yeah, it's a close game, competitive game. Uh, Weber State heroically got their stadium to be about, like, 65% full. Oh, um, shout out Weber State. You would have thought it was a Sunday. <laughs> it's so stupid. Can they go to games um, on Sundays? What's that? I don't know. But, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. But Taysom um, Hill played on Sundays. Yeah, they, they apparently had something else going on. <laughs> it was not good, but it was somehow like the game, usually low scoring game. They go by pretty quick. This game seemed to go on oh forever. My God, no, the first half was over in like 55 minutes. I don't know. It seemed to me like it was it, going you're right. on. It was, that's another, that was like another kind of weird conundrum. It was like, this game seems like it's going on forever, but it, that first half was done within like an hour and we got into yes. the fourth and then, quarter within like 25 minutes. It was insane. <laughs> But you look like all of their, you kind of touched on this, but the, all of the punts in the game, if you just look at the drives, like total plays in these drives, starting in the second half, three plays, five plays, one play, three, three, five, three, three, five, three, four, three, five. Like I mean, those are, those are possessions. And it was just like, it was not, it was, it, I don't want to say it wasn't fun to watch. It was fun to watch it on ESPN. It was fun for like a, Two good teams to go at it. The we have some skin better. in the game, and we have some skin in the game in being my team and then a Montana team. Yeah, exactly. There's no better um, game that I, I. There's no other game this week I would have wanted to put on there. Like it was marquee teams. Yeah. Um, but man, yeah, it's uh, uh, good for the Cats. Big win for them in the driver's seat right now for the standings in Montana. Um, and yeah, I. You did what you needed to do. A win is a win is a yeah. win is a win. And I think one of the – I mean, we haven't even touched on it yet, but the – when you think of the Cats, now that you think of – now when you think of defense, you're usually thinking of Troy Anderson because he's just – he's going to be an all-time yeah. Bobcat and is going to be a top yeah. five Bobcat for the rest of our lives probably. The, it's not a myth, but like the legend of, 
of Troy Anderson is going to live on forever. Yes, especially if he and gets he, like a, a taste of the pros. Like he yeah. will, he'll live on forever. He's an all timer, but he is being overshadowed on defense by Daniel Hardy right now. This dude is a beast. He should be up for some national awards this year. Uh, really kind of hard to state the impact he had on the game, like just through stats. But even then, his stats are ridiculous. He had three sacks, eight tackles, and a forced fumble. Uh, the fumble was sick. He chased down the quarterback, punched the ball out from behind him, and flying up in the air, Anderson caught it, uh, and it set up one of the field goals. So it was kind of like your two best defensive players. Well, I don't know, shouldn't, I don't know if I can say that right now because Tyler Cott is balling out. Uh, but Daniel Hardy is an absolute beast. So glad to have him on the team. I think he is, uh, when we get to the end of the year, he's going to be getting some all-conference recognition. He's going to be getting some national recognition if this keeps up. Uh, but just an absolute just baller game by Daniel Hardy. He was super yeah. fun to watch. Exciting guy to watch. And, uh, you know, he's making a name for himself on a defense where most people are going to be overshadowed. And everybody's going to look at and try and talk about Troy Anderson. Daniel yeah. Hardy's giving him someone else to talk about. It is kind of uh, – Troy Anderson – this year, I I, just, I miss him being more involved in the offense. Like, I do too. I sure, do this too. is better for him long run, better for his career, but it was more fun when Troy Anderson was like, "I'm playing quarterback this week. I'm playing running back this week." Or getting a couple, or even week. getting a couple snaps at running back. Yeah, like I, let's just let's just fun. mix that in. Once a game, that. let's bring him out. I do miss that. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, hats the off thing, to you, I mean, man. But now the Cats have Tommy Mallott who comes in. He gets a little energy going. He can. He's fast as hell. So they sadly they don't. Well, I shouldn't say sadly. It's probably a good thing. They don't need their linebacker to come in and play offense. But you know they have yeah. Tommy Mallott that comes in and runs those plays kind of out of the quote unquote wildcat. But uh, yeah, I do miss Troy on offense too. I love seeing him. You know, break away from the secondary and, and just score this. I, I admit, when he had that pick six earlier in the season. Yeah, so fun it's to see. Fun to see him out so there. many, so many memories. Yeah. So one yeah, thing, just we'll want to flag. Oh, no, yeah, keep going. We can yeah, keep one thing I want to flag No, we can move on. But one thing I just wanted to flag, just to give our our listeners flag a little it. preview, a little uh, warning. Um, between oh, now and Cat Grizz, between now and and Cat Grizz, there is exactly one exciting game that either the Grizz or the Bobcats are playing. On paper. And that's when Montana State plays at Eastern Washington, Washington. Yep. in a couple weeks. We should say that's that's on paper because we didn't think the Montana Sac State game was going to be exciting. We were proven wrong. Great point. Yeah, but just looking. <laughs> Montana State, I know you, I know Idaho State, mean, Idaho State and Idaho left on uh, the Cats' schedule, plus that Eastern game, and then, of course, Cat Grizz. Montana has Idaho, Southern Utah, Northern Colorado, NAU. NAU might be a little frisky, but that's not... If they lose that game, that's a disaster. It's also, like, not an exciting game right now to look forward to. Looking at the schedule as it is, not excited about any of those. And, look, if the Grizz lose any of those games, I'm not going to be excited about it. I'm going to be really sad. So there's not an exciting game on the schedule. True. That makes sense, too, the way you mentioned that. Um, you know, one thing I did mention just with before we close out the Cats game and go on, you know, um, Matt McKay didn't look very comfortable tonight. Or tonight, like the game. Tonight. Really after the game. <laughs> uh, no idea what he did in practice tonight on, on Friday. Didn't look super comfortable. I did pose, you know, to the group DM comprised of all Big Sky, you know, fans that we have a, a yeah. part of the Big Sky podcast network. And I said, you know, is, it, is Rovig looking over McKay's shoulders? I don't want to cause quarterback drama. We did that at Weber, and look what happened. They're going to be out of yeah, the playoffs. Yeah, brought them down. 25. 
We brought him down. Weissner faked a broken ankle because we called him out on it. Yep. Blah, blah, blah. We hope he does get better if, if, if it truly is a broken ankle. But, uh, you know, I feel like Rovic had a little bit more poise back there last year that McKay showed against Weaver. He had more confident throws than McKay had against Weaver. He's the captain of the team. I Weird. am... I am starting to want Rovig back, and I never thought I would say that in my life. Yeah, well, here's one good thing. I think Coach Vegan's probably too chicken shit to change quarterbacks at this time. Um, I think you can't, you're look, right. You probably can't right now, but whoa. I, drama drama can sink I was gonna, Did you ever think you would hear out of my, my mouth again that I wanted Rovig back? Well, I just can't believe that you, a Bobcat fan, after fairly consistent quarterback play, after everything you've gone through over the past five or six years, are complaining about what McKay's doing. Yeah, he's not He's not perfect. He's probably, like, I don't, I, I'd have to think about it. I guess he's probably, like, the sixth, seventh best quarterback in the Big Sky Conference. Um, I don't know, man. Just, just enjoy it. Okay. Not everything's going to be perfect. You're right. Um, all right. Should we move on? Should we get through the rest of these games? Oh, and yeah, then we got a little treat for you. We got a what couple more do, games yeah. to get through. And then I got a little treat for you where I'm going to compare every big sky segment. team. Yeah. Yeah. It's something should we that surprise hasn't them? been done on the big sky podcast network. I heard. Yeah. Should I, well, we won't even describe it. You have to wait for it. I'm even going to tell you what I'm going to do. Yeah. Just keep going. It's all right. Your, next game yeah. up. No, it's you're up. You're up. Yeah. Yeah. Next game up. Uh, Northern Arizona, Southern Utah, the Southern Utah Thunderbutts took their stink show on the road this week, traveling across the border to take on the Northern Arizona Lumberjacks. As you'd expect, Southern Utah fought hard and kept the game close for the first several minutes of the game until Northern Arizona pulled away. Quarterback RJ Martinez went off in the first half with four total touchdowns, including a 75-yard touchdown to Hendricks Johnson with a 31-14 lead at half. NAU was looking good, but incredibly, that Hendricks-Johnson touchdown was not the longest of the day for the Lumberjacks. In the fourth quarter, NAU running back Kevin Daniel broke loose for an 86-yard touchdown run. Final score, 59-35, Lumberjacks over Southern Utah. A few points I want to make about this game. Southern Utah, if you only looked at their box score, pretty good game. 321 yards in the air, 221 in the ground, the old, 542 total yards. The old, on the old box score game. Yeah, looks pretty good. That would be a box score I'd be happy about until you realize that they were nearly outgained by 200 yards. NAU ended the day with 721 yards on offense. RJ Martinez, maybe our new favorite oh, non-Montanan, non-Hunter you. Rodriguez player. Maybe he's up there. Yeah. We have, I would say I have 14 favorite quarterbacks in the Big Sky Conference. Yeah. It's getting up there. It, it, and I yeah. texted you during this game. And I was after, because I think this game ended, or I'm sorry, the Grizz game ended. And this game was still on ESPN+. Plus. Yeah. And so I think a lot of people, me being one of them, switched over. And I don't know what I was yep. doing. I forgot it was Southern Utah. And I swore off. I said I've never watched one of the games. But I turned it on and I texted you. I was like, shit, I have a new quarterback. It's RJ Martinez. Yeah. I have and 14 favorite like quarterbacks. Yeah, 14 favorite quarterbacks in, in the Big Sky Conference. None of them happen to be on the Grizz roster. 
Um, but RJ Martinez, what a day. Six total touchdowns, 483 yards. He wasn't sacked the entire game. If not for uh, the Idaho game, which we'll get to in a second, and Eric Barrierier <laughs> going bananas, Martinez yeah. probably a shoe in for Offensive Player of the Week. I mean, what what an absolute uh, uh, game he put up. Also want to give hats off to Kevin Daniel. So including that giant run, that 85-yard touchdown run, he had 233 yards rushing. Um, it's a it's an outstanding game. Linebacker Tristan Vance had a hand in 14 tackles. He forced a fumble. Um, that's what we need to see on that side of the ball. NAU is three and three getting a little frisky. Um, still not worried about him a little frisky. And of course, one shout out to, uh, uh, week zero player of the week, Justin Miller. Uh, you can't take that award away from him. He won player of the week in week zero, even though Southern Utah was the only team that played in week zero. Um, he had three touchdowns and 321 yards in the air. Let's end on a happy belated homecoming to the Lumberjacks and congrats to them on securing for one last time. The Grand Canyon Trophy. It's coming home or staying home in Flagstaff. Congratulations. Claps to them. Lumberjacks. Nate. They ran over to that trophy like it was the Brawl Trophy. Like the Brawl of the Wild Trophy. They ran over to that thing like it was the Little Brown Stein, whatever one that I think was (laughs) Purdue and somebody. Like they ran over to that thing like, and then it was like a glass trophy that you'd get from your local trophy shop for an award you want to work like employee of the quarter or something like that. But they were excited about it. Like they went over there and got it immediately, and I couldn't help but be happy for for the for the Lumberjacks, the best dressed, one of our favorite quarterbacks. They beat Southern Utah, which will always give us joy. You and me personally yep. give us joy. And you're right. The crazy part is RJ Martinez, 23 of 29, 417 and five, doesn't get him Big Sky Conference Player of the Week. And if you told somebody like, okay, this guy did this and didn't get it, who who do you think got it? You would know exactly who got it. Of course. Because there's only one yep. person that can put up numbers that are more eye-popping than that. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, Northern Arizona, uh, you know, this is probably their last little chance for us to call them frisky. They're 2-1 and one in the conference right now. But they play Sac State, UC Davis, and Montana, three out of their next five games. They were frisky, but they're coming up on a pretty difficult part of their schedule, and we're going to probably see the real Lumberjacks. Shit, they'd be three and zero if they wouldn't have lost to Northern Colorado. They would have yeah, been at I mean, the look, top. I mean, they're still not going to be frisky, but they would have yeah. loved to have seen the names right next to Sac State, and we're <laughs> yeah. gonna have a three and zero, three and zero battle next week between the two teams uh, in conference. But they had to go and let Northern Colorado get like some weird confidence uh, and yeah. kind of ruin ruin it for us. But not going to be. Frisky well, we would have had. They would have been. Cool. They would have been three and zero in conference with a win over. Arizona, FBS Arizona. With, like yeah, we would right. have, we would have been talking ourselves into like, well, maybe. Yeah. Um. But not the case. Yeah. That's what happens. And my other note from this game was looking at the box score. We almost had the 14-14-14-14 box score, but they had to kick a field goal in the first quarter to ruin <laughs> our symmetry box score. Instead, they went 17 Ugh. points in the first, 14 the rest of the game in every single quarter on route, in route to 59 points, and just absolutely drumming Southern Utah. Once again, another reason we are yeah. so happy that Southern Utah is out of this conference. Yeah, and, and we got a oh, our get out ombudsman uh, editor Brian Marceau sent some some notes about this game. Northern Colorado scored 54 points over their last 20 quarters. Not great. Dylan McCaffrey has not had a single game with a yards per attempt above 5.6. 
Oh, we're going to the Northern um, Colorado game now? Man. Yes. We were talking about I wanted. <laughs> I wanted to get to the Northern Colorado game. Yeah. I, got, I just got so excited. Anyways. All of a sudden. I got so excited. I thought he had notes in here on this game. Brian? Well, he, he, he mentioned Southern Utah in the notes, but it had to do with Northern Colorado's upcoming game with them. Which I could see where okay. you'd get. Like, I knew what you were doing. I knew where you were going. Our listeners have yeah. no idea why you just jumped to that. I have some context to the reason why Barrett Tycoon just totally changed the subject to Northern Colorado. Um, it's going to take too long to explain. So we'll just forget that that happened. And we'll come back to yeah. those really good notes. Okay. In a little bit. Yeah. My apologies. We're not going to cut it. Yeah. We don't, no, have, keep we don't have the time nor resources nor producer to cut that. Yeah. Jerry we'll can't it figure in. it out. No, he and has listen, no idea how to use this. Listen, this is uh, nobody's perfect. Not the Grizz offense. Certainly not so the cat's offense. And not me. No. No. All right, should we move but, on to the next game? Yeah, but a great win for Northern Arizona. Or, yeah, Northern Arizona. We're still talking about them. Yep. All right, One let's go to, well, when you don't win the Big Sky Conference Player of the Week with five touchdowns, like we said, you know who you lost it to. We've seen a lot of really good quarterbacks in our time watching the Big Sky Conference. None have been able to put up the video game numbers that Eric Barrier, EB3, has been putting up. Eastern Washington, 7-0 on the season. Absolutely murdered Idaho, 71-21. And made sure that Vandal fans would have no memory of their recent success against the Eagles after this one was done. Absolutely demoralized them. And we would know, yes. we know two Vandal fans, which is probably more than most people know. There's no way to recap the scoring drives in this game uh, like we do with some games because we'd be here all night. We'd have a Grizz fan pod, three-hour podcast just on the scoring drives that Eastern Washington had. So we'll cut right to the chase. EB3 threw for 600 on the dot, which is kind of cool. 600 yards and seven touchdowns, no interceptions, and then ran for another one. Eight total touchdowns on the day. If you were playing someone in like Madden online or back in the day in college, if you were playing one of your buddies in college football and their quarterback went for seven touchdowns, eight touchdowns, you would have quit nope. the game. At halftime, like the Eagles were still without their number one wide receiver, Lemu Jones, but they still had three wide receivers over 100 yards receiving, and six different players caught touchdown passes. Six. Yeah. Like this That's game ridiculous. should have been over. This is ridiculous. This game should have been called. Like the Big Sky Conference should have called the referee and said, "Stop it! Just stop the bleeding. We're not doing any good. We're going to ruin Paul Petrino's career more than it already has been ruined." But they were up 43 to 14 at halftime. You would have quit every online Madden game. You would have quit every game yes. you were playing with your bros. Of course. You would have even quit Tech Mobile back in the day if you were down 43 to 14 at halftime. But this was real life. Idaho had to come out and play a second half, and it ends up being four more touchdowns to their one in the second half to lose 71 to 21. And <laughs> I mean, you should watch it at over 800 yards of offense. Idaho had 322 yards of offense. Yeah. I mean, this game, this was a murder. It, it felt like, it felt like they were going to score a hundred points. Yeah. When it was 29 to, to seven at the end of the first quarter, I think when I, and then I look down, I think they, I think they're up 36 to seven at one point, like they early were. in the second quarter, it <laughs> just were. seemed, yeah, it just seemed like they are they are going for a hundred points. They fell just short of that, but um, this is a revenge game for them. 
It is. It's uh, Eastern Washington is out for blood, and especially especially against Idaho. It it seems like the the Tubbs at the Club guys, um, who are part of the Big Sky Podcast Network, have been saying all week that uh, Paul Petrino has lost the locker room. Players don't want to play with him. They don't want to or play for him. Um, They are they are over him. It sounds like. Uh, the university may be moving on from Mr. Petrino. It'll be really funny to see who actually ends up as the head coach of Idaho. Um, if they do move hey, on uh, from Paul Petrino, <laughs> they're going to, Idaho's going to have this who list. Who takes that job? <laughs> Nobody. It's going to be, we, we hate to laugh be like this. this because we really do have like a weird affinity for them. I love them. I love, I love the Idaho fans. I wish that they were, I wish they were like Northern Arizona level of competence. I wish they were UC Davis. So like there was actually like when you played them, like one, you got excited because of like, it's a challenge and this is going to come back and yeah. when we lose to Idaho later this season. But like when you looked at it, it was a game you got excited for. Yeah. But here's the other thing. When you have really good fans like that, they, they, they have an awesome podcast, awesome fans. They really care about their team. If they were good, they would be extremely annoying. That's Chris true. Hammond. I love Chris Hammond. Love him. He would be really annoying if Idaho was good in any sport. <laughs> <they're> good. <laughs> it's true. You know, one thing I'll shout out Idaho for, I'll say something nice about them besides like our weird affinity yeah. for them, was Grumpy Joe logo on the helmets was so Real cool. fire. So amazing. Yeah. Grumpy Joe, if yeah. you don't know what the Grumpy Joe logo is, go look at it. And you will you will wish you were an Idaho fan solely because that was on their helmet. It's a Viking it's awesome. or a Vandal. It was so cool. Grumpy Should we put... Helmet. Should we put those helmets in the Hall of Fame? Yes. Our third inductee okay. into the Hall of Fame. Fourth inductee yes. into the Hall of Fame behind my dad, my uncle, and you for calling a score is the Grumpy Joe what? helmets. Congratulations yeah. to Idaho. You achieved yeah. something this year in the big sky. And to be clear, I'm not in the Hall of Fame. My take, my prediction is in the Hall of Fame. Thank you for that clarification. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. It's the prediction okay. is in the Montana Men's Sports Podcast Hall of Fame. Yes. And the Grumpy right. Joe helmets are now in the Montana Men Sports Hall of Fame. Yeah. I'm okay, adding... So all right. I'm, right. I'm actually writing these down. Good. We want to remember these things. They're going to live yeah. in posterity? Yeah. Yeah, we'll set up, uh, we'll set up shop right in Ekalaka with... Uh, <laughs> we we we'll can probably a, get gonna, a storefront somewhere. <laughs> we're, we're actually going to make a Montana Men Sports Hall of Fame NFT. Yes. And we're going to release those. <laughs> yes. And it's going to be a limited thing, kind of like a top shot drop. We're going to actually drop our uh, inaugural Hall of Fame class after this in an NFT form. We'll be selling them uh, via Twitter. There's only going to be a certain amount of them. Uh, we Just do not know each. how to put them on one each. We do not have we. Full disclosure: we have no idea how to put them onto the blockchain or make sure that they're actually yeah. like minted that way. But we yeah. guarantee you that there's not going to be a lot of people out there that have them. Well, and to be clear, we're not doing this this week. We we'll take some time to figure out end of the year. We'll put our we'll put our Hall of Fame inaugural class out on NFTs NFT. somehow. We have a month to figure this out. End of regular yeah. season, we'll figure this out. If you know how to we do like it, a month please, and a half. we have like a month and a half to figure this out. Yeah. If you know how to do blockchain or mint things uh, or anything like that, let us know. We should probably know. That's like part of our name, but either way, yeah. So, right. yeah, this game, just uh, just a shit show for Idaho. Uh, we Speaking of our buddy Chris Hammond, he posted on Egress today 
that he would sell his two tickets at the 35-yard line, four rows up, and a parking pass for $40 because he's done with Idaho <laughs> until Paul Petrino's out as coach. So for the sake of our Big Sky Podcast Networks, for the sake of his fandom, we're calling on – we are officially as a podcast calling on Idaho to relieve Paul Petrino of his duties. Uh, yeah. And that's our official stance on the matter. Yes. And if Idaho beats Montana or Montana State this year – I will start a petition online for him to keep his coaching job and keep him there, give them a five-year contract. But right now we are 100%. We are 100% yes. we want him out. Yep. And we, that's our official stance and statement on it right now. Yes. Right now, we, we, we side with our friends. Let's get Paul Petrino out. We want him out. We want make, yep. uh, make Idaho Vandals good again. Decent again. Yeah. Make Idaho Vandals decent again. It's a great act. <laughs> Yes, <laughs> I like it. Um, should we move on? Let's get through these last couple games here. I suppose we should. Okay, UC Davis. To. UC Davis. I already started this one. UC Davis versus Northern Colorado. <laughs> started it when I was talking kind about of. the Northern Arizona game. Kind of. You're not uh, even, it's actually the next section you're going to get to use those tidbits, but either way. <laughs> uh, UC Davis got on the scoreboard early, Nate. Got a touchdown How in the early? second quarter. Oh, 8-0. That's, like that's not early at all. I should say scoreboard first. Second quarter, 8-0. Two-point conversion. Little little trickery by the Aggies. Ooh. They got a field goal. 11 nothing at halftime. Ended up going up 25 nothing Fourth quarter, thanks to a, uh, a Trent Tompkins run. Trent Tompkins for UC Davis. Little run for a touchdown. Huh. 25 nothing. He also had one in the third quarter to make it 18 nothing. Um Northern Colorado got themselves a sad little field goal. Make sure they didn't get shut out. 25-3. Um and UC Davis chalked up one more one more touchdown. Lan Larison in the fourth quarter, 32 to 3. That was the final score out of this game, out of Davis, California. Um I Full disclosure was not uh, did not write this one up because I was watching my Braves blow game three to the Dodgers. Um, but look, Northern Colorado stinks. Well, I'm in our little special segment we have coming up. I have some thoughts on them. Um, but hats off to Hunter Rodriguez. He's back. He got them the victory, uh, and that's all. That's all we really need to say. Alonzo Gilliam, good game, 104 yards on the ground. Nate, any comments? Uh, I just actually tweeted at while we were recording this, tweeted at the Big Side Conference to see if any other game had ended in a 32 to three score. Weird score. When it's 11 yeah. to nothing at halftime, just it just sets you up to for something not to look right. And I think the turning point in this game, a game I did not watch, nor am I going to pretend that I knew anything about or what happened, is that when you go down eight nothing, the game's pretty much over. Yeah, like when you're looking at the scoreboard and it's not seven, and you know that you're down a touchdown and a two point conversion now. Yeah, you're kind of screwed. And then when yep. you're down eleven Great to nothing point. at halftime, you you're confused at that point. I would rather be down yeah. fourteen to nothing at half than eleven to nothing, in my opinion. I mean, just that's just me though. I wonder. I I wonder if a team has ever been down eleven nothing and come back to win. Eleven nothing at half. Question. Yeah, not many probably. Because it messes yeah. with your head. I believe it messes with your head. Yes. Um, a couple other points um, from this <laughs> game. So Hunter Rodriguez. <laughs> you moved on to my thoughts very quickly. 
<laughs> uh, Hunter Rodriguez, our boy, he had two interceptions. Not great, but wins win. Uh, one of those interceptions went to a guy named Jace Bobo. Great name. Jace Bobo, great. congratulations. Um, and it's just kind of like a shocking, you know, overall game through the air. I think a couple games into the season, we would have expected Hunter Rodriguez versus Dylan McCaffrey to be uh, uh, an air assault game. Um, not the case. This game was on the ground. Yeah. Uh, Davis had 187 yards in the air. Northern Colorado, Northern Colorado, 120 uh, in the air. I don't know. Who cares? Davis, yeah, um, this is a game you should have won. Davis needed this win. They're six and one. They're in really good shape. But this game, like, who, who cares? Yeah, and Northern Colorado just acting like they are and have been is just like. That dub to get you back on track in the big sky, or that dub to set you up for a good season, or that dub at the end of the season that gives you another FCS win. Like they really are good at doing all those things all around the big sky schedule. It doesn't matter if you play them early in the year, middle of the year, end of the year, they will always serve some purpose to get you a win in the big sky conference if you're a contender. So for that, we do thank Northern Colorado. For that, we do appreciate them and we are glad they are a part of the conference. For every other reason, we we could do without them. Um just the weirdest thing, and I tweeted about it again, Greeley Tribune. I am now doing a okay. Greeley Tribune watch to see how, how optimistic they are every single game. So before the Montana State game, they said they could pull off the upset. Before the Eastern yeah, Washington almost. game, they said they – Yeah, and before the Eastern Washington game, they said they had a defense that could make it tough on a team like Eastern Washington. <laughs> Obviously, it didn't happen. This one was they could pull off the upset if they've learned anything from their past games. Obviously, they learned nothing – 32 to 3, yes. not a massive, massive blow. Like, you don't get to see, when you get to the 40s and 50s, that gives you a little bit of like a psychological, okay, that was a shit housing. This one was just a big blowout, 32 to 3. It's almost 30 points. Uh, but, you know, Northern Colorado, just a weird, again, we, we keep reiterating, a weird season of odd and not earned optimism. And yeah. I just love to see them lose now and just you kind of take that, that pill. Uh, their signature win, Northern Arizona, who at the end of the year is probably going to have four or five conference losses. And so our boy Hunter knew that he didn't have to come out and be the star of this Yeah, show. great point. He he was pressing in that game against Idaho State. He was trying to be the hero because he cares that much about the Aggies. He cares about the university and the city of Davis that much. that he came yeah. out a little too much adrenaline after sitting out the previous game. This game, he settled in. He said, hey, I have a team here. We're a solid team. I'm going to be exactly what they need me to be, and I'm just going to throw a touchdown pass. I'm going to hand the ball off. Crisp handoffs all game from Hunter Rodriguez. They got the dub. They're back on track. UC Davis 3-1 and in conference. You know, that's, this is the game they needed. And once again, Northern, Northern Colorado was just there at the perfect time for Davis because now they get Cal Poly, NAU, but they do end the season with a couple of big ones against Eastern Washington and Sac. So this universe, this color, I mean, if we were looking at this beginning of the year, they, that Idaho State game was a win on their schedule. Brutal loss last weekend. They needed this Colorado game. They need the Cal Poly game. They have to win that NAU game because they have Eastern Washington and Sac to close out the season. Um, yeah. But they're still, they're still a top five team in the conference right now. For sure. For sure. All right, let's, we're at the hour mark, so let's get to the last game recap. Um, oh from week my God. whatever so this, one, this was the good one save the best for yeah. last best for last you're so glad that you have stuck with us this long but the conundrum that is Idaho State which may not be a conundrum it's just from week to week they look like Jekyll and Hyde since we're in the spooky season is that a good yep. analogy yeah so the conundrum that is sure. Idaho State can, 
Nice. Thank you. Continued. You didn't even say nice. You just said sure. Uh, continued on Saturday after losing to Portland State 31-10 to in Oregon, in Hillsboro, Oregon. Idaho State, fresh off their upset win over UC Davis, looked flat and unmotivated, in my opinion, against the Vikings, finding themselves in early holes of 17-0 at the end of the first quarter and 24-7 at half. Idaho State kept it very close with Sac State and Pocatello earlier in the season. Then they lost to NAU on the road, but then they beat UC Davis at home. And then they went back on the road and got beat by a middling PSU team, which proves that ISU is only a threat at home. And they are, in fact, not frisky because you have to play half your games on the road. Yes. Fair? Yeah. Not frisky. Yeah. Not definitively frisky. not really frisky after this. Definitively. Week. And nothing stood out on the stat sheet for Portland State either. You would think that being up like 24-7 at halftime, you know, winning this game 31-10, to 10, uh, there'd be some decent numbers, some big numbers for Davis Alexander, the only guy we really care about on Portland State's team, the only guy that's kind of that household name if you're an FC or a Big Sky fan like we are. Um, yep. Only 179 yards. He did have three touchdowns. Um, but with that 179 yards and three touchdowns, he did completely outduel his peer quarterback, Hunter Hayes, who threw for like 150 yards, two interceptions. Like, this was the game that no matter when it was on, no matter if it was after your team's game or if it was the only game on, you were not watching this. Um, snooze fest. Vikes got him 31 to 10. I don't know if you have anything on this game that you want to even mention. So I will say that uh, 1,800 fans showed up, uh, paid attendance. So what a crowd out in Portland. Um, Which is still 25% I think capacity. Yeah. And so I think. Uh, <sighs> Let, so let's move into the next segment, but I'll talk about Northern Colorado, or I'm sorry, Portland State and Idaho well, State first. Well, did you and so, didn't even get to talk about your Northern Colorado tidbits? Well, I okay. Well, let, let me, let's move to the next segment. We'll get through these tidbits at some point. Next segment. Sometime we are. I also spent some time uh, uh, making a list comparing every Big Sky team to a NFL team to a current 2021 NFL team. Not like historic teams, but like this, this season. This year through teams. six weeks of the NFL season. Yes. So I'm going to go through, well, I'll do Idaho State, Portland State first, and then I'm going to go reverse alphabetical order through the rest of the teams. I'll give you the team I've compared them to, my rationale, and get your thoughts. Okay. Okay? Yeah. So Idaho State, one and five. I think they're the Miami Dolphins. People were high on them coming into the year, and they stink. And much like Idaho State, I think that's a great comparison, is that you f- like they could win on any given weekend if like Tua catches fire or something happens. Just like yeah, Idaho State somehow don't. beat Davis. They're not going to win probably, but like Portland State was only favored by four against this shitty Idaho State team. It's kind of I feel like that Miami – gets in people's heads that they might be able to win as well. Yeah. And the spreads stay a little bit low, but then they go to London and lose to the Jaguars. I like that. Okay, I (laughs) I agree with you on your first one. You're 1-0. Okay, so I'm keeping track of if you agree and if not, what team you would choose. All right, Portland State, and then we can move on from this game. But Portland State, they're 3-4. and I have them as the Washington football team. They play in front of nearly zero fans in an awful stadium, but they both have likable coaches And both teams play near, but not in a Washington. Portland State, obviously, drivable to Washington State. 
uh, the Washington football team, they play in Maryland, really close to our nation's capital of Washington, D.C. I Agree, can't argue disagree. with that one. Okay. So we're looking at All Portland right, State. I think of, when I think of Portland State, I think of like almost kind of, you know, top tier quarterback. Yeah. But you don't trust anything about the rest of that team. Man, I have to go with the Detroit Lions. Okay. A quarterback All like right. Jared Goff, a quarterback like Jared Goff, who's obviously serviceable, has been to a yep. Super Bowl, I believe. Like a good quarterback. That's actually a good one. But he's going to have and, some and a really nice coach. Of games. Yeah, and, a, yeah, yeah, and Dan an awesome Campbell, coach. A great coach. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, like, off the top of my head on that one, it's like, okay, a good quarterback, but they're going to just disappoint over and over again, and they're never going to be really in contention for anything that we care about. Yep. Okay. I like that. Um, all right. So now starting at the bottom, we're going reverse order. Washington or uh, Weber state, not Washington state. Weber state is the team in our conference two and four. I have them as the new England Patriots of the 2021 season. <laughs> oh, how the mighty have fallen. Presumably they have the top coach in the league. Everyone thinks they have the top coach in the league. Currently some pretty shaky quarterback play, a bad record and not a guarantee, but a pretty confident, uh, being able to say that they're not going to make the playoffs this year. And, you know, the Patriots won all these Super Bowls. Weber State has won, like, what, 30 Four. conference championships in a yeah. row? Yeah, exactly. You know, I had this is one that I remembered to do. And okay. I had Weber, I had Weber as the Pittsburgh Steelers. Okay. I have them right, there I like because. That. Preseason expectations were there. They beat Pittsburgh, beats the Buffalo Bills in week one. You're like, oh, wow, Pittsburgh isn't that bad. You know, Mm -hmm. good defense in Pittsburgh, obviously. We were good defense, but the offense leaves a lot to be desired. Big Ben is way too old. Weaver State doesn't have a quarterback. So I kind of thought in my mind, I was thinking defensive team with a horrible offense, and that's where I got Pittsburgh. Okay. I think that's fair. Um, I think it's a tie. I don't think think Pittsburgh has been. I don't think Pittsburgh's been good enough to uh, to to compare them to Weber State as of recently, but I'll take your comparison. I still think the Patriots are the right move. Um, the next team I have, UC Davis, I have them compared Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Reason for it, Hunter Rodriguez, Tom Brady, the comparison is obvious, two goats. Um, both teams have only one loss, and that's it. Nate, who do you have for UC Davis? I have the Buffalo Bills. Okay, interesting. Star quarterback, goat, bo- uh-huh. goat quarterback. You know, uh, Josh Allen's the up-and-coming Tom Brady, in my opinion. Hunter Rodriguez, already there, goat status in the Big Sky Conference. This was yep. prior – I thought about this one prior to last night's loss for the Buffalo Bills. But I was thinking, UC Davis, good team, one bad loss. Buffalo Bills – Really yeah. good team. One bad loss at the time to okay. the Pittsburgh Steelers. So I was kind of comparing those records, the letdown games uh, for that one. Amazing quarterback play. Fun offenses to watch. Um, so yeah. that's why I had UC Davis as the Buffalo Bills. Maybe not going to end the season uh, at the same threshold like the Bills are in the playoffs, things like that. But right now, those are my comparisons. They're kind of fun teams to watch. We really do like them, even though they're not our teams. And we're just yeah. one bad loss going into the into this segment. So the only reason I didn't have, I, I thought about the Bills for them as well. The only thing that turned me off from that is that the Bills fan base is so awesome. And UC Davis, while a very good team, doesn't have a great fan base. But 
point point taken. Um, the next team up, Southern Utah. I have Southern Utah is one and six. I have them as the Houston Texans. So obviously Southern Utah is leaving the league um, at the Big Sky Conference at the end of the year. And I, I just like, I wouldn't be surprised if they announced tomorrow that the Texans were folding their franchise. Yeah. Like both teams just seem on their way out of the leagues that they're in. One definitely one, even if, even if the Texans don't leave, like their situation is so bad. It doesn't even seem like an NFL franchise. Yeah. Who I, did you have for Southern is Utah? What, that's 100% correct. It is the Texans yes. because you could say, well, it could be, you know, the Dolphins. We already picked the Dolphins. Like, they're weirdly, like, people thought they were frisky. You could say it's the Jaguars, but they have, like, Urban Meyer, Trevor Lawrence, like, these big names and all this drama. I don't know one player on the Houston Texans that's playing right now. I don't know yeah. one player on Southern Utah, nor do I care about any players on them. Yeah. Like, you were right. Both those teams are such afterthoughts. Like, they're the Houston Texans because of the <laughs> season. And uh, bless you. And, uh, Thank you. Yeah, you're 100% on there. They are the Houston Texans. There's no argument at all there. Okay, the next one, Sac State. I struggled with this one a little bit um, just to find a, a great comparison for them. So where I ended up was the was the uh, Los Angeles Rams. Good record. Coaches that people are very high on as being uh, kind of above and beyond the rest of the league in coaching. Um, if you listen to the three-hour Grizz fan pod, you'll hear Coulter Nuanez uh, talk about how Troy Taylor operates on a different level um, from every coach in the Big Sky Conference. Um, and the teams are looking pretty good. Have to be pretty happy with where they're at. They're in contention for uh, championship. The Rams Super Bowl, Sac State, the, the Big Sky Conference crown. Who did you have for Sac State? Whew, that's a tough one. The... At first glance, I was thinking the Ravens because of the coaching. Like Harbaugh's leaps in the head, you know, head and shoulders above almost every other coach in the league. They have a quarterback yep. that can run the ball and throw the ball. So it's kind of like the two-headed monster that Sac State has. Yep. But I don't know if Sac State is the number one team in the league like the Baltimore Ravens are right now. Like the Ravens are kind Ooh, of okay. the class of the NFL. So that's the only reason I hesitate to give the crowd, like the Baltimore Ravens comparison to Sac State. But man, um, I don't really have another comparison. So I think I think yours is good. Just ba- I think yours is probably better than mine, just based on the fact that I can't give Sac State the same comparison as the number one team in the NFL right now. Yeah, and I think if you choose the Ravens, you have like you have to have the connection to Lamar Jackson. Like the Ravens' identity is in Lamar Jackson. I don't think you can really say that about Jake the Dunaway. Me? The two and you have to combine yeah. the two. So if you, you combine, combine the two, two of them into yes. one, okay. So All it's, right. it's having I, someone right. under center where they're either gonna, you know, they can yeah, run yeah. the ball or pass the ball. You know, it's not like Peyton Manning standing back there. Yeah. Or Fair point. You know. Yeah. Uh, okay. All right. All right. All right. Uh, all right. Next. Oh, we did Portland State. Um, uh, so the next thing we'd have up is Northern Colorado. Two and five. I have them as the Jacksonville Jaguars. The only reason for this is um, Urban Meyer, Ed McCaffrey. Those are two guys who are not having nearly as much fun as they thought they were going to have this season. <laughs> so perfect. And they have quarterbacks that are Dylan McCaffrey and Trevor Lawrence, two like big names for the, the levels yep. that they're playing in. A lot of expectations coming in, all those different things. They are definitely the Jacksonville Jaguars. Yeah, it's right. so funny. Like okay. the the coach comparison is so perfect there. 
<laughs> like had no idea what they were getting themselves into coming up. One came out from college to the pros. One came from high school to to FCS. Neither of them were ready for the speed of the game. Uh, that one's too perfect. Yes, both just overwhelmed, not having fun. Uh, the next one, NAU three and three. I have them as the Carolina Panthers. It's like, all right, you're three and three. You're not really competing for any anything. Like, no one really cares. I feel like whenever we talk about Northern Arizona, I always say, like, who cares? I kind of feel bad about that because they do have such good uniforms. But, yeah, who cares? Um, I, I'd say the Panthers. Okay. I was trying to think of a team, an exciting quarterback, but either falling short of expectations or they didn't really have any expectations to begin with. Um, yeah. So, like, I can't really go with the Browns or the Chiefs because – I think that their expect their expectations like they still are probably going to have pretty good seasons even though they're three and three right now. Yeah. What I would say maybe is like the Philadelphia Eagles in the sense that you know they have Jalen Hurts mm. at quarterback who's an exciting quarterback, mobile quarterback. He's going to be he's going to do some cool things, but it's not going to carry the team. I'm kind of comparing him to R.J. Martinez and just that fun aspect of the. But yeah. nothing's really going to happen with NAU. So I kind of default back to the, the, the Eagles where they're in a division that they could have won. So there was like some expectations. But at the same time, they're 2-4. and four, Nobody's surprised that they're 2-4. and four. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think that Eagles are a good one. Um, I, may, I may switch. The teams I wanted to compare NAU to in the NFL, um, their records were too bad. Um, and so it just like didn't make sense. I think the real comparison is probably like the Giants or someone who's – yeah, they can win here and there, but just not exciting. Um, but the Giants' record is too bad. All right, to the Montana schools. Montana State, 6-1. and one. I have them as the Los Angeles Chargers. Here's why. Ooh. New, new coach. Okay. Lots of success so far this season. And perhaps most importantly, even if these teams win the championship, still not the most popular team in their state. Nate, who do you <laughs> have for the, for the Montana State Bobcats? I thought this one was way too obvious, and it's the Titans. Okay. Ryan Tannehill. Oh, the Bobcats are way better than the Titans. They just beat the Buffalo Bills last night. Ryan Tannehill is like the ultimate NFL game manager. They hang their hat on (laughs) defense and running back with Derrick Henry. And Montana State hangs their hat on Afonso Elliott running the ball. McKay is the Tannehill of the Big Sky Conference. Gets the job done. They're going to be a playoff team. Sometimes you want a little bit more out of them, but you don't need it when you have such a great running game, and that's why I have the Cats as the Tennessee Titans in a comparison. Okay, well, I thought, so, uh, great, great comparison. Um, Ryan Tannehill is, like, the perfect Bobcat quarterback. Um, If he were a Big Sky Conference quarterback, he would definitely play uh, for the Bobcats. Um Full disclosure, I put the Chargers thinking it would get a little rise out of you, and then you chose a team that is way worse um, than, than the Chargers, way less exciting than the Titans, but good comparison. Um, for Montana, if we want to move on, uh, yeah. and keep in mind, this is this is this season only, not historically, um, but I have the Cleveland Browns, okay? Wow. Okay. Reason, reason for it, high expectations going into the season. The Browns almost beat the Chiefs week one. The Grizz beat UW. Both those big in the moment, uh, but look a little less impressive now. Um, Both teams are dealing with a lot of injuries, including at running back, at quarterback. Uh, And I still have a lot of faith that both these teams, 
if injury luck turns around, they get things turned together the next couple of weeks, can do some damage end of the season and in the playoffs. So um, had had the had the uh, the Grizz won this past weekend, I would have put the Dallas Cowboys. Uh, when I asked Bobby Houck that two years ago, which NFL team would you uh, compare the Grizz to? That's who he said, historically, the Cowboys, and he's ready to get some championships back. Uh, but Cleveland Browns right now, Cleveland Browns of 2021, not the Cleveland Browns historically. Who did you have, Nate? So I don't know if you're going to like this one. I don't know if it's completely accurate, but when I started thinking about this, like oh, my boy. gut said the New Orleans Saints. But okay. here's why. All right. So here's yeah. why. So yeah, so you know, they started out the season with a win over Green Bay, and you're like, holy shit, this team is for real. Like, this team is going to be good. Yeah. New quarterback in Jameis Winston. New quarterback in Cam Humphrey. They beat teams that nobody thought they were going to be beating. The spreads were huge. And they covered the spread. Not only did they cover the spread, but they won. Then some letdown games creeped in. Now, you know, I don't think the New Orleans Saints, their losses are worse than the Grizz. I think they lost to the Giants and to yes. uh, yeah, yeah, the yeah. team. But it's the same. I thought it was like the way they started out the season – New quarterback, some real like, okay, this quarterback might be the quarterback of our future for, you know, in college, obviously it's not forever. Jameis might be like, wow, he's good now that he's not on the Buccaneers anymore. Um, but also like in the standings, they're looking up at the five and one Buccaneers. They have two losses. It's kind of like looking up at Sac State, the Cats at Eastern right now. They're still in uh-huh. contention, but they're going to have okay. to have some things go their way and kind of finish out the year to get to where they want to be. So that's why I had the New Orleans Saints. The Grizz losses aren't as bad as the Saints losses, but just kind of like right, right. gut instinct, I went to the Saints. Right. I think I think we both kind of had the the same the the same view of, of those teams. Um, next team up, we did Idaho State. Next team up, um, I have is Idaho two and four. I compare them to the Chicago Bears. Reason for it: really that's good nice fan base. That. Yeah, really good fan base, but bad teams coaches in the hot seat and if you had to kind of point to one thing over the past few years about them it'd be that they have bad quarterback play now the bears have had more recent success made the playoffs a handful of times um idaho has not has not had that success but i think this season i think the narratives around both the both teams are are the same who did you have (laughs) so i i had the new york giants for this one okay and the reason being because their quarterback situation is always Hilarious. One, it was like yep. the first time it was the coach's kid and the Giants, and this is going back historically, the Giants is with <laughs> Eli Manning, who was like only playing because they felt sorry for him. So I feel yeah. like the Petrino Manning thing there, and Archie Manning was probably telling the Giants to make his kid play. So it's kind of like that weird, you know, daddy's boy thing uh, there. So then when you get into this season, like you kind of have hilarious quarterback play with Daniel Jones, who's going to turn the ball over all the time. And you have yep. these passionate fans who think that Idaho can be good. And you have these passionate fans who think the Giants can be good. Idaho drops down to the FCS and thinking like, okay, maybe we can like win this conference because, you know, we're an FBS team. The Giants are like, well, we're in the NFC East, the shittiest division in football. We can win this division. Idaho, bottom-ish of the conference right now at one and two. New York Giants, one and five out of contention in the NFC East. They should be better than they are, but it's always kind of hilariously bad. Yeah, I think that's a great comparison. Uh, When I thought Idaho, the very first thing I thought of, the connection I was trying to make was a coach on the hot seat. Um, You don't have that with the Giants necessarily. I don't know if if Judge is going to make it through the end of the year. Um, But he's not like that's not the main narrative. But that's a that's a good point. You may have convinced me 
uh, the Giants are are the Vandals. Um, I feel like I'm cheating a little bit on this next one, Eastern Washington. So I did them as a as a mix of the Cardinals well, with the cheating, Bills. Okay. So well, reason being though, obviously both teams are undefeated, but I thought it was. I thought the the comparison of Barry Arier, um, uh, uh to Kyler Murray wasn't completely fair and kind of undersold him. Barry Arier is on another level. I think the most exciting quarterback in the NFL is Josh Allen. So I wanted that connection, but there wasn't the good Bills. Uh, you know, I think the best comparison would be if we could go back to like the Chiefs of two years ago, but we yep. can't do that. 100%. We said this season. Um, and so that's why I made this this exception for Eastern Washington, best team in the league. Uh, but I think we need to acknowledge that their quarterback play is is better than the team we're comparing them to. Who did you have See, for for the Eagles? It, it was Cardinals all the way. Yeah, uh, it's because like the convincing wins. The Cardinals have scored over thirty points in every single game except one, and that's yep. a win against the Forty Niners. Uh, Kyler Murray is so fun to watch. Yep. So fun to watch. Barry Arie, so fun to watch. Uh, they have these cool coaches like Cliff Kingsbury is like a cool coach. Aaron Best is a little bit saucy. He's kind of a cool coach. Um, they both have red motifs. Yeah. One has a jersey, yep. one has a field. Um, both birds. Both birds, yeah. They, yeah. I mean, the comparisons just keep going on and on. I think there's only one that you can do for Eastern Washington. It's because there's a zero in that lost yeah. column for both of them. They're at the top right now. So we agree. Um, we agree on this one. Yeah. yeah. By the way, by the way, the Cardinals, while we're on this subject, just beat the Browns uh-huh. last weekend uh, with their defensive coordinator as the head coach, Vance Joseph. Was he the head coach of the Denver Broncos? He was. Yeah. 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 Why didn't he do this for the Broncos? Uh, he didn't do a lot of things for the Broncos. Um, he was okay. not. He was not very good. There's some guys that are just meant to be coordinators. There's some people who are meant to be mayors and not made governors or senators. Like sometimes you just got to, if you're really good at something, you don't want to be promoted out of that role. Find your lane. Yeah. And just what, what's, what's wrong with being an awesome coordinator in the NFL for a career. That's pretty good. Pretty good outcome. Speaking of, and and I know that you and I had talked about it, but for our listeners, speaking of uh, your Broncos, your teams, What was that, um, about four weeks ago, was it, that you, mm. three weeks ago, that you had let me know that uh, your Denver Broncos were undefeated? Yeah, not bragging. I wasn't bragging. I was just, it was, no, I didn't say it was a, you mentioned. yeah, no, I was just, I was talking about it. It was, it was a conversation. Tidbit. Yeah. It was in conversation. Uh, yep. that your Broncos were undefeated. 3-0. and Your Grizzlies were undefeated. 3-0. and Our Notre Dame Fighting Irish, our FBS three team, was undefeated. Yeah. And both of your fantasy teams were undefeated. Not both my fantasy teams, all four of my fantasy four. football teams. That's a lot of Which fantasy. is, I only care about two of them, but had to do like a work one, had to do a family one. Um, but we're talking about the... Three and up. We're talking about how many undefeated teams you had. Across the board. Seven. That was a good time for you. I, sh- I, knew, it, I knew it was, I knew that was... I think the there's, there's like that, there's a quote from The Office and it's Andy and he says something like, I wish we knew we were in the best of times while we were still in them. Yeah. And not when like we were looking back and you were in the best of times in your sports couple years at that point, I think. Yeah. Look, when things are going well, you just really have to appreciate it. That, 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 yeah. those seven days when I was three and zero across the board, I just, I knew it wasn't going to last, but it was awesome. It was so fun tonight. 
when the Braves were up 5-2 in the eighth yeah. inning, about to go up 3-0 on the Dodgers, the heavily favored Dodgers. I, you know, they, I, I, I enjoyed it. I let my brain go forward about how great this was, how great um, it could be when we go up 3-0. These things don't always work out. So appreciate the good times while you have them. Um, last thing we have to get, get nothing to. Else, if you get nothing else from this podcast, it's appreciate yeah. the present. Yeah, today's appreciate the present. And thank you for spending two hours a week listening to Nate and I um, talk <laughs> yeah. about the Big Sky Conference. This is that's how you should spend. Right that's how you should spend your present. <laughs> yep, time is limited, so spend it with us. <laughs> time is limited. Comparing Big us. Sky Conference teams to NFL teams. Um, the last team we have to get to, unless you have any other life advice, um, Cal Poly. One in five, Cal oh. Poly. Okay. I forgot um, about them. I honestly did because they were on a bye this week. Yeah. So Cal Poly, I, again, I kind of fudged on this one too. I went with the Tampa Bay Vipers of the now folded XFL. The Mustangs are so far below the rest of the Big Sky Conference talent wise. It doesn't seem fair to compare them to the anyone in the NFL. Like, like if they, they would be like the the 45th best NFL team. So we have to go down into one of the worst XFL teams. Also as an added bonus, uh, the Mustangs folded their spring season, just like the Vipers and the rest of the XFL folded, folded their, their most recent season. There's literally no comparison. <laughs> the only comparison you could have had, the only comparison you could have had, and we already like used it was the Jaguars again, just because of Bo Baldwin success. At yeah. A level and then coming down. But that was like, it would almost it have to be a coach that came down like left something successful and then came back and tried their hand at it again. John Gruden, no, no, no. Um, no, but the, here's the thing with Bo Baldwin. I think Bo Baldwin's having a good time. I think Bo Baldwin knew what he was getting into turning this program around and has a multi-year plan. I, he probably wishes that they were winning more, but like. I think his expectations were realistic going into it um, where coach McCaffrey, Urban Meyer, I thought they thought that they were just going to walk in and, and dominate is my impression. Yeah. There's you're right. I mean, there, you have to fudge on this one because there is really no comparison yeah. to like the utter despair that the Cal Poly program is in right now. The just depressing, even when you're not a fan of them, you're depressed for them, which is something yep. I've never felt for a team in the big sky before. Like, I've always, like, kind of just been like, whatever, they're bad, that's good for us. But there's, like, an actual depression that comes into me when I think about Cal Poly and how bad they yeah. are right now. Yeah, they stink. They really stink. They're really bad. Well, what a fun segment. Um, that was a great segment. First of the kind in the Big Sky Podcast Network. Yeah. Maybe, well, we got, uh, we got some time to kill with all these shitty games. So if you have other ideas what we can talk about next few weeks let us know yeah, other other people ask for questions to answer on the pods we ask give us ideas for segments because we're not creative enough yeah also like how many questions can you ask and answer true yeah i uh, asked now i've made a point to ask the grizz when the grizz fan podcast asks a question i've made a point to ask one every single week um in oh, sincerity yeah. uh to show yes. that you know i can i can be uh a level-headed FCS fan ask the questions that they can, you know, get content out of. I've always been there for the Grizz fan podcast and the always. content part of things. Oh um, yeah, and so I like to hang my hat on that. And I should say they do an awesome job with their question segment. They get like they get dozens of questions every week from Egris, from Twitter, uh, from all over the place. 
if we were to do that, I just feel like it would be a little duplicative. I it's just it's, that's their segment. Let's them it's let them their, own that. Their Here, here's here's what the Grizz niche. fan pod does well. Here's what they do well. They do a lot of things well. Top top of the list though. One, the James intro segment. Love it. James, he's a rock star and he has like the most level-headed predictions. Uh, I, he may be undefeated in predicting games this year. Like he's very knowledgeable for a little kid. They're the best at that. No one can top it. The question segment, no one can top it. And these guys have the best deep dives in the, the big deep sky dives conference. that they do. They do deep dives God. on deep dives. It's unbelievable. Deep they dives go deeper on than you deep should dives. be going in scuba gear. Like they're like, this is the threshold. Yeah. The deep dive. And I'm actually like showing Baratek yeah, on I'll the watch. screen because we're yeah. a podcast. I'm showing him the levels because this is a good mm-hmm. podcast right here. Visual, yeah. a lot of visual stuff. They go from here to here on their deep dives. That's true. As there's some podcasts that do deep dives with scuba gear on. The three Grizzfriend pod guys, they go, no. they go freestyle. They go no freestyle. gear and they go right to the bottom of the ocean. They fight on right down to the bottom. Yeah, they sink like stones and then rocket back up. That's their deep dives are other worldly. Just like they hope that the Grizz season does after that loss. <laughs> yes, we need the Grizz to rocket out of the ocean. Um, speaking of which, we got a good slate of games coming up this weekend, Nate. Um, that sounds like you're doing a promo, like you're Tony Romo doing a promo for yeah. like the <laughs> next weekend's like Notre Dame versus. Navy game or something. Speaking of uh, which, Young Sheldon coming up at 8 p.m. tonight. Exactly. A great <laughs> slate of Monday night on NBC. Um, so the, the two Montana schools are playing the two Idaho schools. Montana drew the short stick. Got, they're going to you know, Idaho, playing the Vandals. <laughs> I never thought about breath. that. This is a big Montana versus Idaho weekend. It's something that we didn't we haven't really played up before. Because uh, they probably yeah. haven't matched up like this, uh, or I don't know if they could have, but um, to have this kind of Montana versus Idaho weekend, we probably should play this up a little more. We should probably have some kind of wager with our boys. We don't have any Idaho State contributors. Yeah, and the Idaho life. guys are rooting for Montana this game. It's just a weird yeah. dynamic. Like they want the it Grizz is. to win because they think they want them to blow them out because they think it gets Paul Petrino closer to the. True edge of the cliff and just to reiterate my threat from earlier tonight if idaho wins this game i will do everything in my power i'll start petitions i will call the university to make sure that paul petrino gets an extension um so beware vandals fans um yeah what what do we think the line in this game is going to be like a lot 18 and a half hopefully not (laughs) like you look at (laughs) it's i mean it's bleak in Idaho right now if you're a football fan, uh, besides Boise yeah. State. And I don't follow Boise State, so I have no idea what they're doing right now. Uh, or mm-hmm. like a fan of Northwest Nazarene or something like that. But, uh, you know, Idaho and Idaho State, number 10 and number 12 in offense. Ouch. Yeah. But it gets worse, Bear. It gets worse. They're 11 and 12 in defense. Okay. It's not good. State of Idaho, this, <laughs> it's bad. It's bad. Yeah. It's, the things are bleak over there. Uh, bleak enough to like email the president and try and get Petrino out. Bleak. Yeah, it is. Uh, we've already talked about this. We want them to be better. It'd be way more fun if 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 they were better. We you know Idaho State gave the Grizz a scare a few years ago. Remember the the Bob Stitt 
midfield <laughs> handshake twirly do. Was that the <laughs> one where some... they blocked the field goal and returned it? No, I think that was the. I think that was. That was a lot. I think those were two different years. That was another crazy one. We got that's the first time the Montana Mint got featured on uh, Deadspin and Barstool because we got the video up and then they had to share the video that we were putting out there. So we like copyright infringed the video and then they. Yes, but in our defense, like they weren't watching that game. They would never have found the clip if it wasn't for us. and I think, you know, we probably pulled it off of... I don't even know if we are on Pluto TV back then. I feel like I bought probably a stream not. through gogrizz.com and had to record yeah. it on my cell phone. It was, probably not, it was not good, but... Yeah, yeah, um, um, But yeah, I mean... What was the... Look, I forgot look, about the twirly do. I do remember the twirly do handshake. Mm-hmm. Why was it? And I cannot remember why there was a twirly do handshake with Fantasy. I forget the reason for it, but they were like... They were the team. It was a very like the teams were bickering all game. Yes, like, it wasn't actual were, gameplay. It was the shit talking before the game. Yeah, and it was like the coaches were barking at each other during the game. It was a closer game than expected. Yeah. Um, the Grizz got the victory, but yeah, Bob Stitt went out, did a a handshake. He <laughs> it was hilarious. Touched Rob Fennessy's hand for less than a second, less than a quarter of a second. It was just the shortest handshake possible followed by a little pirouette and a a a shy little smile as he scampered back to the sideline you will be you'll be so happy to hear this i just googled right now bob stitt handshake fantasy that was my search the first thing that comes up is a montana mint article from october 13th (laughs) almost four years to the day uh 2017 uh with bob stitt's it does it. It shows like a little clip, and it's fantasy like <laughs> yelling at Stit as he's walking <laughs> away. <laughs> it's so perfect. It's not a video. It's a still, but it's amazing. Um, and it's not even who the Grizz are playing this week. We're now just like combining yeah. the Cat Grizz Idaho Idaho State game into like this weird orgy of games. Um, but amazing. Like I just looked at it. That made, I'll, it was such a Stit handshake. Like it's something so Stittish. Um, you know, in the past, for other Twitter accounts, he's been pretty responsive. Like when someone calls him out or tags him and things, like he monitors his mentions. I am going to, as we speak right now, reach out to Bob Stitt and ask him what that handshake was about, and just see if he will respond to me and let me know what went on. Even though it has literally nothing to do with this week's games, because it's Idaho <laughs> State versus Montana State and Idaho versus Montana, but I'm still going to do it because we're on that subject, and that was the funniest handshake I've ever seen. I, I just found the article. This is back when we used to have a, a newsletter where we would do like a running dialogue throughout it. Did you um, see my first, first comment on it? Yeah, first line. Stitt's handshake was real weird. Real weird. He runs weird too, like a little leprechaun. Then you came back and said, Stitt looks like he's scared of Fen. Honest question for you Grizz fans. As a Grizz fan, does that video of Stitt doing, <laughs> of Stitt doing that embarrass you? Yeah. I'm embarrassed to this day. <laughs> Looking back at Reese Phillips tweeted out the video. The still picture of Fennessy yelling at him is so funny. It's fun time traveling. Looking back down lower in the article, we talk about Chris Murray, his remarkably bad passing numbers. Those were the days. Yeah. Yeah. Those were the days. Uh, Anyways, I I really don't have too much to, to talk about this Grizz Idaho preview yeah listen to the grizz fan pod so much to talk about got into melded it. games we've melded games from four years ago to talk about this week's slate of Montana, yeah Montana 
surprised. Yeah, that's how excited um, we are. The game that we probably would have had circled on our schedule, and we still do because it's it's an interesting matchup, yeah. but the game that at the beginning of the year we would have thought would have had Big Sky Conference Championship implications, but it's probably not going into any more, is Weber State at Cheney. I swear to God, Eastern Washington plays every damn game at home this year. Seems like Every it. fucking yeah. game. Yep, it really every seems game. like it. So Weber State travels to Eastern Washington. Um, I think Weber is in for a long day here. But we will both be cheering for Weber State to win this game to get Eastern Washington yes. that first conference oh, loss. Yeah. Weber State's defense isn't going to be able to handle um, Eastern Washington's offense. And Eastern Washington doesn't even need to play defense on this Weber State yeah. defense or on this Weber State offense. It's going to be one-sided here, but we will be with all our heart and soul hoping that Weber State recatches that magic of the past four seasons. Uh, and can and figure something out, and this would be the perfect time for them to figure something out for the rest of the Big Sky uh, Conference contenders if they can do this. Yeah, it would be nice. I don't think they're going to figure it out. Um, Eastern Washington is just on another level. Um, it's been so much fun to watch them dominating teams. Um, it wasn't fun when they beat the Grizz, but otherwise I've really enjoyed their season. Um, they killed Paul Petrino. They kill Idaho season and yeah, Weber state. It seems almost impossible that they'll make the playoffs under any scenario. It'll be completely wiped away this weekend. All chances of the playoffs when they lose to lose to Eastern. I'd imagine that this is going to be Eastern favored by like 13 and a half. I'll let Montana parlay do the guess the lines with his brother. Check it out on Twitter. Um, but yeah, I would, I guess so they're going to is... be double digit favorites. So we, we've gone another hour, 36 without mentioning Sagarin ratings, and I'm going to do it now. Oh, yeah. What is going on? record for this show, actually. Weber State's 44 spots behind Eastern Washington in the Sagarin ratings. Eastern Washington is 89. That 89 puts them in front of, like, Florida Atlantic, Colorado, Tulsa, Illinois, Central Michigan. And then Weber State's all that. This would be, I mean, of course, this is, like, Total doesn't. It's not even logical or anything like that. But it'd be like Georgia playing Liberty if you look at the Saturday ratings yeah. in this game. And this was a game yeah. that we were scheduling to make it sound like Alabama Georgia at the beginning of the year, just based on like kind of our dumb brains thinking everything's going to be the same for eternity in terms of who's at the top of the Big Sky. And I don't think it's going to be close. So yeah, Georgia versus Liberty, or Michigan. Versus South Dakota State, yeah. Like those are that's all. That's the same distance in Sagarin ratings. Yeah, it's uh. And Sagarin is the Bible. It's the Bible. You know, Weber is certainly better than their record, but they have shown they've had bad or they've had bad injuries. They've had you know some bad luck. Uh, but that's part of the game, and that we have seen some major, major flaws in that Wildcat team this year. They've been exposed. I feel like... Yeah, they are exposed. But you know what's fun is you go backwards in the Sagarin, you go to the bottom. This would be, this 44 Sagarin ranking difference would be Southern Utah, one of our favorites. Mm -hmm. Southern Utah versus Drake. (laughs) Drake is... So, so glad bad. it's not. So glad it's Weber Eastern. Because <laughs> this, this will be a game that we, we watch this week to see if any magic can happen for the Wildcats. Um, but I think we both are on the same page that this one is Eastern Washington's game. And one that 
They should win pretty easily. Yeah, I think, yeah, should win pretty easily. Um, worth watching. It, we thought this was going to be game game of the week for sure. Not the case, but um, yeah. Well, unfortunately, it probably still is. Yeah, that's that's the sad part. That's the sad part. Other because then you look. Yeah, what else do we got? Well, I mean, the rest of the the only other game that interests me, and we'll get to that too, is Northern Arizona Sac State. Just to see how Sac State follows up after that big Grizz win. Yeah. Are they really, really for real? Like, do we need them to prove it more to us for us to feel okay about Sac State, mm-hmm. or is this one of those games they lose and now they turn into the Washington, the second Washington of the Grizz season, where? Maybe not as strong as they sure that would be. So you're definitely rooting for <laughs> Northern sorry, Arizona, yeah. Well, you know, in my <laughs> mind, a lot of times I'm rooting for Northern Arizona just because of the jerseys and such. Yeah, but yeah. Either way, that'll be a game we watch just to see how Sac State follows up a huge win like that uh, at Washington Grizzlies. They're back home. They're in Sacramento. Um, they'll probably get 2,000 fans for this game because of that win against uh, the Grizz. So it'll be interesting to see there, but. Man, the other two are just brutal games. Yeah, Davis playing Cal Poly, that's the next best one. That's an awful game. Let's see if uh, H-Rod can kind of turn it around. You know, it's nice to have a victory, but let's get a victory with some big numbers. Let's see if they can uh, put up some numbers so we can keep them in that top tier of the big sky. And then uh, maybe the worst game of the season. I'd have to go back and look. But uh, Northern Colorado, Southern Utah. There's no way they could get worse. Than My that. God. There's literally no way. My God. Um, yeah. So let's uh, let's do quick draft um, about who's covering what next weekend. Um, and you have first pick. I have first pick. I will obviously take Weber State, Eastern Washington. The next pick for me is very obvious. I'll take Northern Arizona at Sac State. Yep. Arizona, Sac. Um, I will, you know what? I'm going to, I'll let you have Hunter Rodriguez as a little, as a little early birthday oh, gift nice. for you. So I'm going to take Northern Colorado, wow. Southern Utah. July, I know. Happy early birthday. I'll do <laughs> Northern Colorado, in January. Southern Utah. Yeah. Happy early, uh, uh, half, half birthday. And then that means you Thank get, you. uh, UC Davis, Cal Poly. Um, yep, I get my boy Hunter Rodriguez. I get uh, to see what kind of, hopefully, video game numbers he can put up against Cal Poly's disgustingly bad defense. Yep. Um, all right, before we go, I do want to... I we got a couple of things. We got a couple of things. Yeah, I started reading these at the beginning of the um, Oh, <laughs> we finally get to your, your tidbits. Yeah, <laughs> tidbits from Brian Marceau, Montana Mintz uh, ombudsman, the, the editor of our newsletter that... Um, maybe we'll bring back at some point, but Northern Colorado, Nate, did you know they've scored 54 points over their last 20 quarters? Dylan McCaffrey's numbers, not looking great. He has not had a single game with a yards per ki- or yards per attempt above 5.6. Not great. They've played some bad teams since he's not been good. there. Um, uh, Idaho is a dumpster fire. Yeah, Brian, we know, um, <laughs> Idaho led Portland State 35-7 two weeks ago in the second quarter. In the last 6.5 quarters, they've been outscored 99-28. to Second half of the Portland State game and the Eastern Washington game. Um, well, that happens when you get 71 thrown on you in four quarters of one game. Yeah. Um, and then a little quarterback situation. Idaho will start Zach Borish 
Um, Idaho's version of Troy Anderson at quarterback. He's had he has. Let's not let's not disparage <laughs> the name of Troy Anderson, comparing him yeah. to somebody. Troy Anderson's somebody more than Zach a Morris bad quarterback who runs long touchdowns every once that in a while. That is absolutely insulting, and I'm actually offended. I don't get offended by much, but I am offended. Yeah. by him comparing him to their version of Troy Anderson. Yeah, uh, true freshman Giovanni McCoy. Um, he's probably going to see some action too. The quarterbacks who fought all fall for the starting job, CJ Jordan and Mike Mildry, um, out of the game versus the Grizz. Out of the game versus the Grizz. Um, yeah, I think that's, I think otherwise we kind of covered everything. Thanks, Brian, for sending these good tidbits from our guy, Brian Marceau, at the Tubs at the Club podcast. Give them a listen to if you want some Idaho content, which I know you're all dying for. Um, Nate, anything else? What else do you want to talk about before we end this? Um, he, well, we have to go through the, the top 25 and just, oh yeah. Listeners yeah. Just kind of an update on the top 25. So we of course. have, uh, Eastern Washington stays at number two. So they are our highest ranked big sky team. So Eastern Washington stays at number two, Montana state moves up one spot to be the second highest ranked big sky conference team. They're in the number eight spot right behind James Madison. Nice. Uh, and now concretely in the top 10. Yes. Solidly. In the no question. 10. They were they were they were on the nine. They were they were nine last week, and they were on that you know that part where you could teeter off. But they are just in the top ten now, like all the way in it. Uh, Davis now considered top ten. They moved up three spots uh, to to get back into number ten from thirteen. Montana, the big drop <laughs> of the week. Cue that Charlie Brown music again. They dropped from five to eleven. I don't know if you saw. They lost to Sac State last weekend, which brings me <laughs> to Sac State. A not ranked team last weekend. They were not ranked when they played Montana. Yeah. Were just a reminder there. Uh, they have an NR by their name for last week. They are now number 19. Okay. So they actually just basically flip-flopped to Weber State. Weber State was 19. Weber State is now out of the top yep. 25. Something we probably didn't see happening when we looked at the, you know, when we looked at it this year. If we would have probably done a deep dive into their schedule, maybe we could have seen this coming from Weber State. But Weber State is out of the top 25. They were 19 last week. They're out, and Sac State is in. They are back in the top 25. Weaver State did get some votes. They actually who is voting for them still out of the top two. They're number twenty nine. If you really, it is unbelievable. Yeah, they're two and four. Yeah. And what's interesting is I believe because I bet on the game, Eastern Tennessee State was number ten last week. They were undefeated. I'm trying to see where they they dropped to. Uh, Oh, they dropped to number fourteen. So they were number ten. They were undefeated. They lost to Chattanooga, if I'm not mistaken. Chattanooga just beat the number 10 team in the country, and Chattanooga only got eight votes in this top 25 poll. And somehow Weber State is getting 73 points in this poll. Uh, it just doesn't make any sense to me either how Weber State's still getting these these votes. They should be well out of the top 25. Weber State. Know. They are not. Weber State has wins over Dixie State and Cal Poly, and that's it. And I would let me look it up. I'm gonna bet both of them are 200 or worse in the Sagarin rate, ratings. Cal Poly 217, easily. Dixie State 232. Weber State. Those are their two wins. They're still getting votes. Um, that it's just it's so stupid. Um, also, fun weird little tidbit about uh, <laughs> Weber State. If you go to their team page. Um, I'm going to finish this out. It looks like Nate just uh, lost his his audio. is disconnected. But one last fun little tidbit on Weber State. Um, 
it looks like if you click on their team page on ESPN, the top article about them is about Wisconsin Badgers football and how jump around is one of the best traditions in college football. And the picture is a guy from Wisconsin holding up a Badger sign. The guy next to him is in a, looks like a Russell Westbrook, Oklahoma City Thunder jersey. That's Weber State's ESPN page. Number 29 in the country. Um, Nate's trying to chime in though. He's not being recorded. Um, just kind of weird. That's it, I think, for this week. Um, we will do a double uh, uh, watch next week with, with all of our Montanans and the pros. Uh, but for Hot Take Nate, this is Bear Tycoon. Thank you very much for listening. And thank you to Laney Lou and the Bird Dogs playing us in, playing us out. We will see you all next week. Shine bright like a diamond. Shine bright like a diamond.